When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up and welcome back to the Jaguar Report Fantasy Football Podcast. This is the only fantasy podcast for people in first place in the AFC South. I'm your host, Zach Schultz. What a freaking ride that was on Sunday. With the way the schedule looks down the stretch, it feels like that game all but wrapped up the division. In my prediction this week for the Jaguar Report staff prediction article, I really just took the platform to say soak this up. We've wanted competitive football down the stretch for, what, a decade? I mean, it's obviously easy to say now with a victory in hand, but I hope everyone truly took just took that one in and enjoyed it. I'm so stinking pumped for Monday Night Football. With that said, let's dive into the, the fantasy stuff here. Obviously, once again, half PPR um, is what I use for my scoring and my rankings. It's the most common format in the industry. Um, With that said, here we go. Trevor Lawrence, baby. He was this week's QB6, and uh, which brings him to QB15 on the season. He had 25.6 fantasy points. Trevor's play on the field is finally translating to fantasy points, and that is just a beautiful thing. He went 23 for 38 for a season-high 364 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and a rushing touchdown. The last two weeks have provided Trevor's best two fantasy performances, and using the eye test, that really adds up. He was once again phenomenal on Sunday, and you can just tell his confidence is rolling. There were probably only two to three throws he'd want back, and his only interception came on the misholding call, on Evan Ingram, which otherwise would have been a perfect throw. As mentioned, he's currently the quarterback 15, but with the ways playing and the Ravens as the only truly tough game left on the schedule now that the Browns are without a quarterback, Trevor could easily creep into the top 10 by season's end, and I think he's going to be a really impactful fantasy playoff starter. He gets the Bengals at home this week as eight and a half point favorites, and the Bengals with our are without Joe Burrow. And as Borat would say, a very nice Travis Etienne. This week's running back 19, he is still held on to the running back three spot, and he had 10.6 points. A third relatively quiet week in a row for Etienne. Uh, He took 20 carries for 56 yards and caught four passes for 30 yards. Most of his his day was really just lunch pill work um, as they really kept pounding him, as I as mentioned, with the 20 carries. But he came through with a couple of impactful plays, including the 20-yard uh, swing pass. You know, I probably think it counted as a rush, whatever. Whatever you want to call it. Picked up a first down, and it was just uh, in a drive that the Jags were burning clock, so that was pretty huge. But... Etienne was able to maintain his running back three status. He still has 17-point lead on the running back four, Josh Jacobs. Raheem Mostert is still running back two, has 19-point lead on Etienne, 
But with Devon Achan returning, we could see Etienne finish the season as the RB2. Now, don't get your hopes up. He's not he's not catching Christian McCaffrey, I guess, unless McCaffrey goes down with injury. But the Bengals are 14th in the league in fantasy points per game against two running backs with 19.7. And I think the Jags easily win Monday night and we get a heavy dose of ETN in a solid matchup for what feels like the first time in over a month as the Bengals are 27th in both EPA, um, rush EPA per play allowed, and also run game success rate. Looking past that, and he's got two tough matchups against the Browns and Ravens, but it's followed up by games against the Bucks and the Panthers in the fantasy semis and the finals. The one slight concern for ETN here is the increased usage and effectiveness of Dearness Johnson. I think moving forward, they are making a notable effort to keep uh, ETN more fresh, especially, you know, for the playoffs. But you're still starting him. It's a no-brainer. I mean, you're not getting cute even against the Browns and the Ravens. Which brings us to Christian Kirk. This week's wide receiver 31. And he is now the wide receiver 23 on the year. He had 10.9 fantasy points this week. Got four balls on seven targets for 89 yards. He remains just this solid, dependable guy you drafted. He saw seven targets, catching four of them for 89 yards, like I mentioned. His fantasy day was saved by that crazy 57-yard play to end the first half on the on the deep over. Trevor placed it perfectly and in a, you know the perfect spot for Kirk to just rack up yards after the catch. Took it all the way down to the one-yard line. Um, barely stepped out of bounds. Otherwise, it might have been a touchdown. Not much else to say, really, for Kirk. Um, as he... It's really just the same old, same old for him every week. Consistent targets, consistent yardage, consistent production. I mean, I guess there's kind of a ceiling limitation here, but... All this is exactly what you expected out of him and why you drafted him. And a guy like that is a key component for competing teams. It's crazy to think that Christian Kirk is now just that one foot out of bounds away from holding on to the Jags' top half PPR scoring receiver. Which is nuts because the top Jags scoring receiver is now Calvin Ridley. He was this week's wide receiver 8, and he's now the wide receiver 21 with 19.4 fantasy points this week. Six targets, caught five balls for 89 yards and a touchdown. Um, Going into halftime, I was ready to squash the Zay Jones narrative, yet here we are. Galvin had a goose egg at halftime, but made, made himself known in the second half with five catches for 89 yards and a touchdown. He had six targets. Um, and the one ball he didn't catch, he definitely could have hauled it in for uh, like a 30-yard touchdown or whatever. They hit him deep on a play-action crosser, used his route running at the goal line, what a concept, and took advantage of the sideline connection we all saw in camp on a beautiful third-down conversion where he was falling backwards and did a fantastic job, not only like catching it and staying in bounds, but like also falling past the sticks. I talked last week about how it's not necessarily just Zay's return, but... The fact that Ridley's now lining up in different spots while Zay stays outside. This role clearly suits Calvin super well, and it just leaves me wondering why they didn't just stick like 
Tim Jones out on the outside while Zay was hurt and let Calvin do his thing all year rather than trying to make Agnew happen in that role. Oh well. Next up, we got the Bengals, and they're 30th in the league in dropback success rate and 22nd in dropback EPA per play allowed. So we got a good matchup for Trevor, Kirk, and Ridley. And Evan Ingram. He was the tight end 12 this week, and he stays at the tight end 12 on the season with 7.4 fantasy points. He had eight targets, five catches, 49 yards. I'm starting to change my tune a little bit on Evan Ingram as a fantasy tight end. Sure, his consistency is great, but I'm, I'm concerned the ceiling I thought was there for him just isn't. He led the team in targets with eight, but most of his work is coming like in the quick and short game. I believe he just saw his first end zone target of the season this week, and the Jags are smartly spreading the ball around more the last couple of weeks. And not to mention Luke Farrell has started to, you know, you're seeing Luke Farrell get worked in this week. A few weeks ago, we saw Brenton Strange get worked in. They're they're utilizing all the, the weapons they have very smartly at this point. Um, I'm just to the point, though, where there's likely a lot of better starts at tight end, to be honest, and in any any given week, that is. I, and I say that because this week is a juicy one against the Bengals, who are second in the league in fantasy points allowed against tight ends of 12.3 a game. Since week eight, here's what tight ends have done <laughs> against the Bengals. George Kittle. Nine catches, 149 yards. Dalton Kincaid, 10 catches, 81 yards. Dalton Schultz, four catches, 71 yards. Mark Andrews had two catches early um, before he went down with the injury. And earlier in the season, he had 50 yards and a touchdown against them. And then last week, Pat Fryermuth went nine for 120 on him. So love Evan Ingram this week. He is definitely on the start list. Moving on to the betting card from last week, I went three for two, which was a nice little bounce back um, as I had a couple of losing weeks in a row, but it's a little salty though because this one was oh so close in a way to being a five and a week. Calvin Ridley, longest reception over 22 and a half. Like I said, at halftime, I was, I was sweating this one. I wasn't sure if I was going to get it, but he obviously hit that. Um, Evan Ingram, here's another sweat. I had over four and a half receptions for him, and I believe he had three, no, two or three going into like late in the fourth quarter, and he caught three on a late drive, I believe, to to cash that one. I missed Tank Dell over 57 and a half receiving yards. He had 50. Um, He had 50 at half. Now, I am not upset at all that this prop missed, but... It was damn close. Um, there was a sideline catch, and there was the one by penalty that got taken back. So that one very easily could have hit, or you know maybe should have hit, to be honest. But whatever. I'm glad it didn't. Um, Derek Henry scored two touchdowns. Didn't do as well yardage-wise as I was expecting, to be honest. But he still went over 67.5. I was expecting like a 100-yard day, but... The props still hit, so it's all cool. And then finally, I'm salty about Rashad White. I took over 28.5 receiving yards. I was debating 
on his rushing plus receiving yards or going just receiving yards. A lot of times if I play running backs who, um, you know, catch the ball pretty well, I like to play the combo of the yards. It's kind of like, a, I think it's like a safer way to do it. Um, I, I shied away from that this week because Rashad White has just not been an efficient rusher and his rushing totals, like his rushing attempts haven't been super great and his yardage hasn't been great. So I, at the same time, his receiving yardage has been really well. So I, I, I took the receiving yardage route and it bit me in the ass. He only had 10 yards and he had like 90, 95 rushing or something like that, which would have cashed his prop. His rushing plus receiving prop was like 80, 80 something, but whatever. Um, with the win this week as road favorites, it now brings the Jaguars eight and three overall against the spread. They remain obviously three and three at home. Improved to five and zero oh on the road. Improved to six and one as favorites, and obviously remain two and two as underdogs. This week on Monday Night Football, they are eight and a half point favorites, which seems appropriate. Um. Considering how the passing game's rolling, the defense is playing well, and the Bengals are a mess. I, it's just pretty crazy to think that we've made it to the point as Jaguars fans that against bad teams, we're, you know, we're the eight and a half point favorites. Wow. Um, game total set at 38. And since the game's Monday night, don't have any props out yet. But I'm definitely going to be looking for Trevor yardage, ETN yardage, maybe a combo play there, something. Um, and like I said, I love the Ingram matchup, so I'll probably go back there. But I'm not 100% sure yet. Stay tuned. Check out my betting article for uh, what my final picks will be Friday. Um, other than that, it's going to be a fun Sunday watching football get to relax uh, Sunday during the day, watch some football without worrying about the Jaguars during that slot and just focus on some fantasy and some betting and then just get to have that awesome Monday night experience. And I'm jealous of everyone who's going to be there. Um, I wish I could. I can't wait to make it back to the bank one day. And that's about all I got for you guys. See you later.